Hey, welcome back. Another day, another vlog and pod, wherever you are, depending on what you, if you're listening, it's a pod. If it's, a, if you're watching, there's a log. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Um, welcome back from wherever you are on the interweb, uh, whatever you're doing and where you are, I do appreciate you popping by to listen to me rabbit on about whatever tech news there is, whatever camera stuff is floating about, and whatever grims and gripes I've got with this lovely country. <laughs> um, good news, the photos are done for the new video, bad news, I've got to work out, I need to do some voiceover stuff with this one, I didn't do much video on this day. Um, I was running around like a madman, I had stuff to do, so it was a bit of a rampage, the actual shoot day, so I've now got to work out how to do the voiceover. So I'm probably gonna have to try and record some, get the video done tonight, get the video laid out, and then tomorrow record the voiceovers if I can. It's, it's a little tricky, it's not something I'm used to normally doing, normally with the video there and I can just splice it in and do that stuff and that's no dramas, but it's a little bit trickier in this case scenario. So a little bit to do, so hopefully I can get it done before I go back to work. If not, yeah, I've got to work something out. And uh, yeah, but other than that, looking pretty good. Some really nice, I think I've got about 28 or so final finished photos, and then I'll just trim them down when I'm making the video to finalize the selections for the best, of the best for you guys. So. Hopefully not too far away from that one. Yeah, it's uh, crazy times. Even this weekend already is crazy. We've got the show, Jack's first ever show at, uh, coming to town. So he's going to go and see that on Friday. So that locks out Friday night. Uh, Saturday, we'll have more house hunting and looking. Sunday, I'm going to go and do uh, the annual checkup with the doctors and possibly catch up with some mates. We're going to work, juggle it all out. Monday is my semi-last day, or basically my last day to get shopping done before I go back, because I've got to buy food and stuff before I go, because food is crap at work and they don't have anything. If you go buy from the shop, it's like double the price of a service station price in a, in a normal city. So it's just, even though they don't have any bills or power or, not, or they don't pay for freight, it's the biggest scam ever. A <sighs> little bit of a vent there. But also as well, I've got to pack bags and I was out of Bunnings and I come on across this little El Cheapo bargain. It's not like the world's best quality, it's, but it's a hard case. It's not waterproof or anything. So I wouldn't take it in any jungles. Tactics, little, little product shop there for you. I think it's about 31, maybe 41 bucks, but I've got to trim some of my camera gear that I'm taking. So big clips and it's lockable, I can put a little padlock on there to keep young Jack out. Um, look at that for the storage. Perfect for camera gear. Uh, movable dividers, they only like plastic, but if it's just gonna sit in your house and you, or in your shed and you just wanna lock it up and keep it out of harmful hands or kids' hands or stuff, um, some little small ones that'll pull out and then you can put your small items in, so like little bits and pieces. So you've got your actual camera stuff that you carry your stuff in, you can actually put just what you need in there. So. I think this will actually work out really well. I've seen it and I went, ah, that's gonna do a really, that'll be, that's exactly what I need. Uh, I can offload, because I'm not gonna take the M50 with me uh, to work. I'm only gonna take the RP. I'm taking the RP, uh, the Mini 2, and the iPhone setup. Uh, the, all the M50 stuff's gonna stay, that'll go into there. 
and anything else I don't need with that setup, it's gonna go in there. So that's gonna be my travel kit, um, as I said, and then most of that I'm gonna, I wanna take photos of as well. And then I'm gonna probably look at selling my whole M50 setup so I can try and get an R, an R6, or an R5, maybe. Possibly an R5 would be great, but they, they the prices have come down on the R5 and R6. I think I can get an R6. I can definitely get an R. R. They're now around the 1800 bucks. I've seen them for about 16 to 1800 bucks on eBay. And I think I can get an R6 for around two grand. So if I sell some stuff, uh, Upgrade, it's an upgrade, and, I, and that's the way I look at it. It's, it's gonna be sad to see the M50 go. I know I'd like the back of my hand. It's been an amazing camera to learn on, uh, to come into mirrorless age. Uh, definitely, if you're starting out and you just wanna get your feet wet, I guess they say, uh, the M50 was a brilliant camera. Brilliant, brilliant camera. The lenses, the size of it, the carry, what you need, what you get out of it uh, is just really amazing. It offers a lot, like 4K video, uh, really good shots. Um, it's not, once you get into the finer details, uh, the, obviously the R, R series and the R is definitely better. Even this RP, uh, I do still find a few faults with it, I guess, down the track. Uh, now that I've used it and editing with it a lot more, but it's, it's still, yeah, it's definitely sort of chalk and cheese. I can see the difference now between that full frame and that uh, cropped sensor frame, the APS-C APS type sensor. So a little bit different, sad to see it go, but it's good. It means I'm getting better. I feel more comfortable with my shooting. Uh, I'm loving the RP, but I'd really like to actually extend onto that as well. So I've got to make that first step, get rid of the M50, move myself and just force myself to go full RP and use that to, for the video as well for the short term. Uh, I've got the Apple iPhone 12 Pro that I use for the video on the go, which I'm super happy with. And I, I don't think I need to touch that in that regards. It's perfect, it's waterproof. Uh, it, it does everything I need. The only problem I have with that is when you zoom in and out as you're shooting, the sound will just, I've got to try and chase up some info on that. I'm not, not sure how that works. Um, but yeah, just progression as a photographer. So pretty excited about that scenario. So a bit of work here, heaps to do before. I finally got like basically a week before I go back. So uh, it's been a couple of months, two months off and it feels like it's all coming to an end. So I've got to get my, sort of get my shit together. So all happening. Now, news-wise, a little bit slow today. Yesterday was pretty darn good. There was a fair bit around. There's a little bit today, not... Like a, not just it's just not raring to get out. Tomorrow we should have that Apple stuff. Uh, it, I think it's going to ramp up as the week progresses, so stay tuned. Now, Canoe, uh, if we talked about Canoe, I think on an episode before, and they're the electric cars that sort of look like a big bubble, like a big tic-tac. Uh, you would have seen them on the thumbnail on the front anyway. Uh, I'll have one up there. But the pickup truck is now available for 2020 delivery in America. Unfortunately, not in Australia, as we all know. Uh, we don't get anything first, we're always the last, and as a tech reviewer, that's depressing. Uh, try getting something before another country uh, is just crazy. Uh, yeah, tricky, crazy tricky, especially because even if I get it and get it delivered in the States and then reship it back over, 
Uh, it's still gonna take five, six weeks to get here. It's the times with during COVID for freight are just uh, abysmal, absolutely abysmal. It'll take you three weeks to get something into into the country, like uh, inside the country now, uh, let alone coming from another country. Uh, I think I went, I sent Mark Holtz over the 300 Takama uh, late last year, and I think it took like seven, eight weeks before he got it. It was like we, we were both worried it had gone missing and got lost. It eventually didn't turn up, but it was at least two months before it got to Canada. It was just crazy. Like that should be only two weeks max, uh, even on the even on a camel. Uh, so, yeah, very hard for anyone in Australia in the tech world to be able to get sort of that get that sort of first in, best dressed sort of scenario. So tricky. But the canoe pickup uh, pre-orders, obviously, uh, looks pretty interesting. Now, this is a pretty modular design. You can extend the tray out to eight foot um, from six foot bed to an eight foot. Uh, the sides fold down. It's got a lot of tricks, inbuilt power into there. Uh, it's a 500 horsepower car, 900 kilos, so just about a ton, ton pickup. Um, six plus two, as I said, for the bed, 200 mile range, so that's pretty good. That's about, oh, probably about 300 Ks, a little bit over that. So, it's, But this is a ute, you're not gonna be like, I guess you're probably gonna four-wheel drive it, but I think there's a different car altogether. They've got a camper van version coming, that's probably not a ute, which more of a sleep in if you want those long range ones. Um, All-wheel drive, a rear-wheel drive, 100 US dollars to lock it in at the moment, and you can obviously only order in the States. Now, the big question with this, with Canoe, I think we talked about it when they f we first did a chat on them, is the fact that a lot of their modeling is around, uh, I guess, like leasing it, leasing the vehicle. So you, if you didn't want to buy the car, you could lease a ute if you needed a ute for six months, and then you could lease a van if you were going to go on holidays for six months. Uh, that's their sort of scenario. They, like most lease, they look after everything. You don't have to touch it. Um, you just got to put fuel in it. Well, you don't. It's electric. Ha <laughs> ha! Sucked you in there. I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> um, so you you've pretty much got everything covered. So you just pay your lease and your way you go. Now they're a little bit funky in their shape, and but they're very much not about looks. They're more about using it as a tool, uh, and that's the way they look at transport. That it's it's not a just a it's not a car to look at and like a Ferrari or a Bugatti, something that you just sit there and go, oh my god, that's amazing. Um, this is a car utilitarian, right? We need to put as much stuff gear in this because we're going to travel to there and to the show, right? Let's fit everything in here. That's what we need for six months while we do this tour. Let's hire a van. Uh, right out. Well, we're not hiring a van, we just need an A to B, so let's just get a little tiny, just a normal car for a family, or we get a ute so we can do some dirt on the house for the next six months, we're gonna do some work on a new house. That's their sort of proposal. They are now saying that you can buy these cars, uh, but still waiting. Until the, the first one gets actually sold and you can do it, it's gonna be, well, we'll wait and see, I guess. But pretty interesting. Um, I guess we're gonna again wait, see what happens. It's an interesting concept. Um, it means a lot of money on their side to build them and own those vehicles. It also means for us in Australia, it's gonna be at least probably ten years before we see these things. I can't see that sort of model 
surviving in Australia. Uh, you can't have just have 10,000 or 20,000 of these cars just sitting around with no one hiring them. So that's lost revenue and a lot of money that they're going to have to pay. So, yeah, I think it'll be a while for us in Australia. But a pretty interesting car. If you haven't heard of Canoe before, go check it out on their website. Uh, have a look at what their, their vision is, I guess, is the best way to talk about it. And some again, yet again, another really interesting way of looking at travel and vehicles in the future. Now, this one I thought was super interesting for home-based creators. Uh, it's a mob called ReSoco uh, Transform Box. Now, it's an open source design that uh, some lovely person in Japan has put on this platform. And they're all open source designs. Create uh, People have made these things and then basically let everyone come and build it yourself. Now, this is good because you would have seen it on the thumbnail. It's basically a big box, probably six foot high. Um, you build it yourself, but you open it up and it's a built-in office. It's got storage for your camera gear, your photos, your tripods, all your gear. And then when you go away on your trip, you just lock it up, stays in the corner. It just looks like a big box or a big big chipboard box or a cardboard, whatever way you, whatever color you paint it. Uh, could, yeah, it just sits there out of the way and everything's safe and sound. I thought it was brilliant, uh, absolutely brilliant. Go check it out. If you're handy with your tools, you're looking for any sort of like little hobby station where you don't have a lot of room in your house, but you want to build something that you can use and have set up. And it's just a matter of just scissor door it open and then you're away. Uh, that is pretty cool. And I think brilliant by these guys. And thank you to, uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name. Oh, damn it. I did have it up. Um, but yeah, go check it out. Resoco Transform Box. I'll get the link and I'll put it down below for you, so you can go and you can actually download the files, so you know what gear you need, what tools to build this yourself. So I'll whack that link because I think it's brilliant and I think it's bloody awesome. There's nice people still in the world that aren't after money. They just think of a good idea and go, "Well, I think everyone will really appreciate this." If you're into it, go do it. So. If you're working from home and you're a creator, this is brilliant and I think this will make your life a lot easier. I know I've got junk all over the floor, so this would be perfect for me right now. Couple of wheels on it so you can roll it around. Even better, uh, yeah, really, really cool. Go check it out. Now, bit of a whinge. I'm not a big fan of governments, especially Australian government. Uh, talk about electric cars and all that stuff. Our government, the illustrious government, no you need to know names, they're all as useless as each other, uh, have just gone and offered, dumped $2 billion to subsidise fuel company, fuel distilleries in Victoria <coughs> for 10 years or whatever. Um, now, there's only 1,200 people that work there. So that's $1.6 million per person to keep their job. $1.6 million for maybe 10 years. Uh, what? Are you off your head? So us taxpayers are paying $1.6 million so that person has a job to maybe take home 80 grand, if their average Australian wage, pull home $80,000 a year. Does that make sense? Over 10 years, that's only 800 grand. You're paying double that just so they've got somewhere to go every day. Just give them a million and put that other 600,000 back into something important. Oh, I mean, 
That is the most moronic thing I've heard since the budget. There were some silly things in it, but this is absolute a rot and disgrace. How can you warrant paying $1.6 million per person so they have a job? His other part of it was, oh, this will keep fuel costs low. Really? How about we go to uh, electric cars, Mr. Morrison? I don't know. Um, so I looked at, I, looked, I did some figures. I looked at import duties. The biggest thing we have in Australia in the car here is the cost of a car. It's ridiculous. We've got a thing called a luxury car tax. Now that's 33%. But I'll give you the rest of the taxes. To import a car, it's a straight away, it's a 5% 5, 5 import duty. So 5% on your car. So let's go $100,000 car, that's five grand. Then you've got to pay for insurance, uh, transport to get it here. Let's say 10 grand for, we're just hypothetically talking here, 10 grand, so 115. Then you've got to pay GST on that. Now the goods and service tax, I'm just gonna run it goods, Service tax, GST, was supposed to be when it come out on goods and services. But what the illustrious import people do is they put that goods and service tax also on the tax you've already just paid that 5%. Now, how is a tax a goods or a service? It's a bill. I had the same problem when I used to get my chewing tobacco and I had a full on argument with them over it and they said, well, basically we can throw it in the bin and you get nothing or you pay it. I had no choice. They've got you by the balls. Same place here. It is the, again, another biggest scam by the Australian government. Anyway, so you pay that. So now the car's at $126,000 from 100. Then you've got to add on your import duty because it's over the threshold. Now the threshold for a luxury car apparently is $66,000, a luxury car, $66,000. A Hilux, SR, top of the range Hilux, is 75,000. I went and checked it, $75,000. That is not a luxury car, that's a tradesman's you. That's by no way means luxury. It's not a Mercedes-Benz G63, a Maybach, a Bugatti, a Ferrari. They're luxury cars, 66,000. If it's fuel efficient, 77,000, we give you a little leeway. Anyway, 77,000 fuel efficient, still luxury. Below, below that, you're good, above that. The base Tesla Model 3, I think is their cheapest car. I did a quick rough estimate, $67,000 with all the fruit. You're not gonna buy it for less than that. You'd be crazy to buy the base model. You might as well get that one with the auto thing because you're gonna have to sell it when you go to sell it, blah, blah, blah. 67,000 US, which converts to 86,000 Australian. So we're above the luxury car tax. It's now the base model Tesla is a luxury car. The Tesla S Plaid is a luxury car, that's 300 grand. The Model 3 is not a luxury car. So you gotta pay that 33%. So from that 86,000, right, if you buy it through Tesla Australia, which you can, you don't have to import it yourself, because that's even worse, because uh, then you got conversions and all the rest on it. So that is trouble. Oh, we lost focus again. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back, Sigma. Hello. <laughs> so you've got 86,000. 
To buy it in Australia, the same car, $118,000 Australian. That's $32,000 difference. After just, if you just do your convert, straight conversion, you got 32,000, so you've got a massive difference. It's just in crazy. 32,000 in taxes. That's why we can't get electric cars here. That luxury car tax needs to be scrapped or needs to be at least 150,000 or 200,000 up. Uh, F-150 costs, after you import it, 200 grand from 70,000 in America. So it's only 100,000 Australian dollars. It costs you 200 grand after taxes once you buy it in the shop because they've got to add their add-on. They've got to pay retail, they've got to buy it, export it, bring it here, convert it, pay taxes, all those taxes, then put their bid on so they can pay their workers and run their business. That's what's 200 grand. It's and it's only a hundred thousand dollar car. It's double. It's insane. So luxury car tax needs to be 150 to 200. We have no car industry. We can't afford to, the wages are never going to be low enough again because no one will be able to afford to live in a house. Crazy. So anyway, 2 billion, 1.6 million per person so they have a job for 10 years. That, oh, like my focus, is way out of touch. <laughs> That's a, come on, what's my Sigma doing? It's crazy, it doesn't like video, the Sigma art series. Okay, if you can see me, oh, you can't see me. Let me just try and get this in to finish up. Oh, I'm way out. Blur, look at the blur. This is good, this is good footage, isn't it? Everyone's enjoying this. Anyway, as you see, crazy stuff. Thanks for stopping by. I'll talk to you tomorrow. That's the end of my wind session. Uh, I don't know, I just, if anyone can explain how that's good business, let me know. I'd really appreciate it down below. Anyway, go check out that canoe and go check out that box for your creators. That is awesome. I'll leave the link below. Whether you're coming this way, that way, I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.